You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, welcome back in, guys, to the Go247 podcast. I am Glenn West, the senior writer here at the site, uh, joined once again by Dylan Sanders, our contributing writer uh, slash stressed-out student here heading into the final week of uh, LSU exams and uh, project week. So uh, Dylan's been a little bit uh, a little bit stressed out this week, but uh, we get to cap it off with a nice weekend of, uh, of championship football. Uh, LSU takes on Georgia in Atlanta for the SEC championship at four o'clock. And it's going to be uh, a really uh, just magnificent, important, magnificently important game, I think, for LSU in terms of just where their future lies in this conference, where uh, where they where they kind of stack up in the early stages of this Brian Kelly era. Um, but before we get into some of the talk about the game, just wanted to remind you guys to please like and subscribe on YouTube and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, wherever you guys get your podcasts. Uh, it really helps us out here as we try to grow out our podcasts, our site, our network. Uh, so every little bit helps. So we always appreciate that. Um, but with that, Dylan, how are you? I know it's been a pretty chaotic week for you, but uh, about ready to get to some championship football, huh? I cannot wait starting uh, Friday night Pac-12 championship and then just going on. I just, I love I love conference championship week also because it's like the last real week of college football. So it, uh, you know, it, it's fun. So, I, I you know, LSU and even the United States going to Saturday, both kind of in the same places. They're kind of playing with house money. No one really expects them to win. If you do, it's great. But uh, it's more about looking forward to the future and good signs that you're even in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Some really um, positive signs. I think that for, for this weekend's game, uh, just a little bit of a background here. If LSU wins this game on Saturday, which I mean, not many people are expecting them to, but, um, but if they are able to pull this off, they're pretty much a shoe in for the sugar bowl, which would be a, a new year six bowl uh, birth. And in Kelly's first year as well, uh, if they lose, you know, you're probably looking at, uh, a smattering of different bowls that they could be uh, put up for. But, um, you know, I think, you know, regardless, this is going to be probably the last game where, you know, all this team is together. Um, I would imagine that there's, uh, you know, some, some, some players that decide to sit out of the bowl game, whichever they, whichever one they do get, that's just usually uh, commonplace. If you're not in the playoff, there's, you know, some high profile players that might elect to, to sit that one out. So this is a, a good last opportunity for this team uh, as it's fully constructed um, to, to, to get one last opportunity to play together. And they enter this game um, really healthy. I mean, we, we got the update today from Brian Kelly that Jaden Daniels 
uh, has cleared all of his uh, testing this this week, and his ankle is good, and they're, they're, he's going to be the, the starting quarterback for LSU on Saturday. So uh, really great news there about Jaden uh, and that ankle injury, which looked pretty scary um, You know, towards the end of that A&M game. Um, Josh Williams, the running back, uh, is expected to play as well. He's been dealing with huge. a little bit of a knee sprain. That's a huge get. Um, you know, that you can definitely tell that when he's out of there, um, they've, they've had some, some issues in terms of blocking in terms of, uh, just looking like a more smooth offense. He's just kind of that, that catalyst, that heartbeat of that offense, uh, that really, really helps it move well and move efficiently. And then, uh, Jark Bernard Converse, the cornerback is going to play in this game as well. Uh, he was dealing with a little bit of a concussion, but he's cleared protocols. Uh, and so he's going to play. Uh, this Saturday as well. So with that, we've gotten some of the injuries out of the way. I guess just some uh, early thoughts on this game from me. Um, I, I think this is going to absolutely come down to a couple of different things, but priority number one um, is you need your best players to be at their best. And I think the when you're facing the number one team in the country, it's going to start with Jaden Daniels. It's going to start with how he plays, with how that ankle looks with how he's able to move in the pocket, how he's able to move uh, and extend plays, extend drives. Uh, when he has played his best game this year, LSU has been very dominant on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you can bring up the Florida game, the Ole Miss game, Alabama. I mean, when he has been uh, you know, at his best this year, LSU has been extremely efficient offensively. They've been consistently getting in the end zone, uh, not settling for field goals. Um so just a, a really pivotal key, in my opinion, is is going to be Daniel's health and how he looks on that ankle. Um, you know, he avoided a serious injury, but that doesn't mean the thing can't still be nagging on you if you're going to be playing. So uh, just just to see how healthy he is, just to see how he's moving on that foot, on that ankle, I think he's going to be a really important early kind of sign of where LSU looks in this game. Um, you, you need all your big bullets to play well. I mean, LSU has – a number of guys offensively that they've relied on, um, whether it's Josh Williams, whether it's uh, Malik Neighbors, Mason Taylor, uh, Kayshawn Booty, um, Jerry Jenkins. All those guys have made some big plays for you this year, uh, and you're going to need each one of them to step up in, in some way or another. And so I, I do think this is going to be a game that's really going to be about how LSU's talent stacks up with Georgia's talent, and uh, that that's especially the case on the offensive side of the ball. But – uh, just Dylan, what are some early thoughts uh, on on this game and just kind of the the matchups you've been really looking at closely? Yeah, I mean, it's I feel like LSU should kind of approach this with like kind of the Texas A and M mindset. If anything, control the pace of the game, run uh, run the uh, get the running game going. Now you have Josh Williams back. You can have that one-two punch of Josh Williams and Jane Daniels that has worked really, really well in those big games ever since you kind of discovered that duo's uh, potential. And um, they're going to have to do something that they don't do very well and haven't done a ton. They they have done, but it, that's that's big plays. If you look at, at the teams that have been able to scare Georgia – They've done it with big by setting themselves setting themselves up with big plays. Uh, opponents have been into the the Georgia red zone. Uh, I think less than uh, been in the red zone against Georgia. Um, I think less than twenty five times this year. Definitely less than thirty. Uh, 
whenever they score, it's scoring outside of the red zone. You have the team is susceptible to big plays. That's kind of that's kind of how it's been. And LSU has not been good at doing that. So I think that is the the number one thing that LSU can do to put themselves in a good position. But uh, outside of that, you really did. You mentioned it. It's players got to play their best, and players have to have the focus. Um, you can't let Kenny McIntosh run forty times for three hundred yards or uh, whatever Devon A. Chain did. Um, and yeah, it's you, you gotta you gotta tackle. You can't let uh, the many options of of George's offense. Uh, wear you down or catch you off guard. You have to be focused. You have to bring the effort, and you have to want it really. And that was that's what was missing last week, and it cannot be missing this week. Yeah, I mean, just bouncing off your red zone uh, little stat there. They uh, Georgia is number one in the country in red zone defense. They've allowed opponents just twenty five times to get into the red zone, mm-hmm. and opponents have only scored touchdowns on eight of those possessions. So they're scoring touchdowns on less than or. I guess right around 33% uh, of those red zone opportunities, which are really sparse to begin with. Uh, I think if you're LSU, you're looking to maybe get one or two times in the red zone or three if you're really, really lucky. So if you do get into the red zone, you've got to make sure that you capitalize with touchdowns, can't settle for field goals. Um, And so, look, I think this is going to be a a really important game for – uh, for, for Daniels in terms of just extending plays with his legs. Uh, we've seen it at times this year. Um, you know, Georgia is really stout against the run. They're number, either number one or number two in the country and in run defense as well. Um, so you'd have to imagine those lanes aren't going to be as consistently open for the running backs. Uh, this is going to be a big game for the offensive line to bounce back from in terms of blocking and opening up some holes. Uh, so it's just going to be a really important game overall, I think, uh, for Daniels to really be able to extend plays, uh, get the balls out to his receivers, to his tight end, uh, and 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 just try to extend drives and make this thing a long, drawn-out process. I think that's probably where uh, I tend to agree with you in this game is that you want to put together some long drives on this Georgia defense. You can't can't allow you know many three and outs many uh, mistakes I mean we'll get into the mistakes I think mistakes is going to be another big uh, key to this game um, but just you, you've got to be able to move the ball efficiently and kind of control the pace of the game if you're if you want to have a chance to stay in this one um, you know I think just uh, I just mentioned it here but like mistakes I think are going to be something that LSU cannot afford to do they didn't do it in the Alabama game they won the turnover battle uh, one nothing in that game. I think you're looking at a very similar uh, kind of game plan here. If LSU turns the ball over um, a couple times, like they did against AM, uh, if they uh, you know allow a big special teams play here and there, um, that's all stuff that Georgia's absolutely going to take advantage of. You've got to make, you know, if you, you you go into this game thinking if you turn the ball over once or twice, that's at minimum 10 to 10 points for Georgia in terms of just your mistakes and and what they'll be able to do to capitalize on it because they have a really, really stingy, uh, really stingy offense, a really aggressive defense. And so uh, you've got to be able to handle uh, the pressures that come with that. And so I think that's going to be a, a really important factor is to play mistake free football. Um, just any final thoughts on what the offense needs to do to have some consistent success? I mean, we talked a little bit about the O-line. 
Um, are there any players particular that you're looking at um, that, that, that might have advantages or have a big game uh, in, in store? I mean, if it was ever going to happen, it'll need to happen today. Um, LSU's needed him this year and hasn't been able to find him, but if Kayshawn can look like Kayshawn of old uh, and have a good game and uh, have a consistent game, I, I think it's been building to it. Uh, he's been he's been due all year, but they, they've certainly been building. It's been better. But uh, right now, I think it's the time uh, that Kayshawn would need to strike. Uh, Florida, uh, Georgia has all of the created creativity at their at their hands on offense. Um, LSU needs a little bit of that creativity. And I think that Kayshawn is the key uh, to just be able to get him the ball in so many different ways. Um they, they're going to need him to find ways to get open and find, and they're going to need to find ways to get him the ball. And so I think that's really, if Kayshawn can, it can come alive. He's the biggest big play threat on this team. Uh, they, again, the big plays are, are what I'm focusing on on offense. That's how they're going to get it. And I think it's going to have to be with Kayshawn. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take it a different direction. I think it's um, Malik Neighbors. I think he's about due for a, a pretty big game uh, from a scoring perspective. You know, he's led the team in receptions and yards all year, uh, only has one touchdown on the season. And he's a guy that I wrote about uh, this week in, in our three players piece is a guy who's really due to get in the end zone once or twice. I mean, he has big playability. Uh, he his route running, I think, has been uh, outstanding for most of the season. Uh, we talked about it a lot during this last offseason, how crisp of a runner he is and how, um, you know, that's that's a matchup disadvantage. I think for any corner, when you play when you play a receiver who is so good at route running, so good at angles and knowing when to break off his route and uh, and be available for his quarterback. I think that's just an, ex- an invaluable uh you know, weapon for, for Jaden to really take advantage of. And you've seen them really grow a, a strong connection this year, um, which has been really good for LSU's offense. So uh, those are just a couple of our thoughts on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, would like to touch on defense a little bit. Um, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Look, this is as unique of an offense, I think, as LSU's faced all season. Um, you know, they've they've. They've run into their fair share of mobile quarterbacks and, and, you know, Stetson Bennett can, can move a little bit. You know, he's not a, he's not your prototypical, you know, four, three kind of runner, but he is, um, he, he, he's a guy that can beat you in a multitude of ways. I think his, his biggest attribute though, is his ability to make quick decisions to get the ball into his playmakers hands. Uh, he's a pretty prototypical, you know, kind of pocket passer, uh, kind of quarterback who's really stepped it up this year in terms of his accuracy and, uh, just his confidence level too. I mean, I've you know watched a couple of his games. He's just a really confident quarterback, and how could you not be after winning a national championship as a as a walk on player? And so that's that's just really uh you know he he he's he, he's been a really fun story to watch the last couple of years just from afar. Um, 
but they have two really unique tight ends. They have Darnell Washington, who's six foot seven. They line him up at receiver. They they throw him inside as well. Uh, and then Brock Bowers, who's um, probably one of the more prolific weapons in all of college football. He is just a uh, absolute nightmare for defenses in the middle of the field. They use him on sweeps. They use him on screens and uh, short routes, vertical routes. I mean, he is used in a multitude of ways. And so I'm going to be very interested to see how LSU schemes this one up. Um, I honestly have no idea what to expect in terms of how many guys uh, they're going to be bringing in. Um, I, I I would imagine Matt House stays pretty aggressive uh, with the game plan, but um, this is a you know this is an offense here where if you let those guys get free in the second level, it's it's good night, and it's it's not really uh, much you can do to stop them. And so I do think this is going to be a game where yeah, you know, Harold Perkins might be drop you might be asking him to drop back in coverage a little bit. I'm not sure that. Stetson Bennett's the kind of quarterback that you need a full-time spy on. So if you can get into some creative ways where you can drop Harold back in coverage and have his elite athleticism, you know, try to cover up one of those tight ends or at least make it difficult for him, uh, I think that's probably a, a strategy that LSU would love to, 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 to create for their defensive game plan. But uh, just, Dylan, when you're looking at this Georgia team, um, I know they're – their run game has really gotten going here the last couple games. Um, just, just what, what, what stands out about this Georgia defense to you, or offense? Sorry, this Georgia offense. Um, it's we kind of we kind of been through it. It is the the multitude of options, but uh, in terms of what LSU can do to win, I would say um, that they they can force turnovers. LSU LSU's defense can force turnovers and force the issue. Um, I didn't mention it whenever we talked about the, the Georgia defense. The Georgia defense doesn't force turnover. They don't force turnovers. They're not a, a turnover-heavy team. They're not a sack-heavy team. They're not a, a tackle-for-loss-heavy team. They just smother you in coverage, basically. They just they just don't pick the ball off or force force almost. So if LSU can play a clean game on offense and then go in on defense and then force one or two turnovers, Stetson Bennett has a couple interceptions this year. They have a couple of fumbles. Um, Harold Perkins can get to Stetson Bennett. Uh, if he can outrun Emily Cornsby, he can uh, he can get to Stetson Bennett, uh, who can run. But it's just again kind of like similar to Connor Wegman, where it's not the threat that uh, other SEC quarterbacks have. But you know he you know most people that play quarterback can run a little bit this uh, nowadays, and Stetson Bennett definitely follows that that level. But yeah, it's. I think Jarek Bernard Converse being back will open up this defense a lot and allow Jay Wood to move back to nickel. Uh, and Sage Ryan didn't have terrible coverage last week, but the t- the two biggest plays were on him. And I don't think J- Jay Ward would have had those happen on him. Uh, he would have done, uh, he could have done a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, Jay, I think Jay Ward's just like stature kind of maybe breaks those plays up a little bit more. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a weird couple of plays there. Because <laughs> yeah. Sage had some really, I, I thought some really tight coverage there on that touchdown in particular. But man, Moose Muhammad, I mean, we talked about it last week. The <laughs> flashbacks. Those were like two of the more more insane catches that I've ever seen a, a, as a college player make. And so, you know, at, at some point, you just have to kind of just tip your cap to the other guy for making the play. But I do agree that with you that the the secondary being back and being a little bit healthier. Uh, is is going to help this team a lot. But sorry, go ahead with what you were saying. 
Yeah, no, I was just, I was just saying, I think that we, uh, LSU can get back to the, the secondary that has worked for them. Um, and that is this, that we'll see probably start off a little slow. The, the defense is, the defense has started off slow, like the offense a lot for LSU, but they really tighten up. We just didn't see them tighten up against Texas A&M. And that could have been maybe Jerry Bernard Converse is that missing piece. Um, him and he is really, really good. So that would, that would track, um, but yeah, it's, it's just about keeping your focus and not letting Georgia get one over or get, get one over on you on offense. They have a lot of things to distract you with, but, uh, you know, Matt house has done a pretty good job. Uh, you know, again, outside of Texas A&M was an anomaly, yeah. uh, for pretty much everybody, but you can, he's, he's done pretty good about pro, getting a game plan ready for a specific opponent. So he will have answers, for for the mini Georgia options, it's just about getting them stopped. I mean, Vlad McConkey and Brock Bowers both average like twenty yards a, a carry because they get carries too. Yeah. So you, it's it's literally just anything. And then Brock, I uh, mean, Darnell Washington, six seven, two fifty, and he's a load. He 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 is yeah. Just to give you an idea. Eric Gilbert doesn't play on this team and he was LSU's pride and joy for half a season um, on offense. Yeah. yeah. They have, yeah. they have, they have another tight end, but I can't remember his name right now, but he would be starting for most SEC teams. Like yeah. they have, they have just insane, insane depth and they know how to use them. Todd Munkin's done a great job, but uh, you know, defenses, offenses have, I mean, yeah, defenses have been able to slow them down a little bit, um, I'd say whenever they're able to get the run game stifled a little bit, um, they have a couple of running backs to throw at you. So you have to be careful for the, you know, the change of pace, yeah. which could be a little bit of an issue, but yeah, it's slowing them down and not letting them get one over on you is really how you stop them and then force a turnover. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get a turnover or two in this game, uh, especially early in the game, I mean, I think that turnover in the Alabama game was really a, a huge tone setter for that one. Getting that early pick off of Bryce Young, I thought was extremely important for just confidence and momentum that you could stay in that game and compete with that team. If you could get pull off another play similar to that, whether it's a fumble or an interception or a long return or something, um, that just only helps your case even more. Uh, I would be, uh, you know, I think it is important to talk a little bit more about the run game. Um, they do kind of split carries between uh, Kenny McIntosh and Dejan Edwards, or they're kind of their two lead backs. Um, uh, they've they've gotten the run game going over the last couple uh, of weeks. Um, you know, uh, McIntosh is coming off of a uh, an 86 yard game against Georgia Tech and a 143 yard game against Kentucky. So uh, you've got to be able to limit what they can do in the run game because if you allow them to get really explosive with their run game, then they can beat you in any kind of way um, with those tight ends and with those uh, receivers on the outside. So I would say step number one is uh, certainly trying to to improve upon your physicality that you didn't really show a whole lot of against AM. Uh, I think that's probably safe to say LSU did not exactly play with their their most ferociousness against uh the Aggies in that game and allowed uh a chain to really get off and and really uh you know have an explosive performance and and look Georgia has runners that are capable of that too so if you're able to slow down that part of the game I think it makes your job much easier in the back half of the defense in terms of scheming up 
how you want to cover these guys because uh, it really is a pretty unique offense with how they run things. And Stetson Bennett's a, a pretty pretty darn good college quarterback. He can he can make you uh you know make you make you hurt in some areas and um you know really get get going um and and really hurt you. So um, with that, I think we'll probably shift over to some predictions. Um, I uh, I guess maybe I'll leave it up to Dylan. Maybe you can give us your prediction to start uh, here, and then I'll get into my spiel. But just what what are what are your thoughts on how this game plays out? I think LSU gets down early, um, like they have all season. Um, <laughs> breaking news! Breaking, <laughs> breaking news. news! LSU gets off to a slow start. Um, that's my hot take. Uh, I really, you know, I think something different will happen now. Uh, LSU starts off slowly, but I do think they're able going to be able to fight back into it, make it interesting around halftime, uh, or maybe a little bit after halftime. But uh, eventually, I just think this team's this Georgia team's too much uh, for LSU to handle, and I think that we'll see Georgia pull apart. I don't think it's. I, I'm taking the under for this game. Uh, like Seventeen I'm, I'm, and a half right now. So we'll yeah, it, I'm. Scores. I'm going I'm gonna go twenty four fourteen Georgia. Oh. All right. So we're expecting a little bit more of a a, a, a slower game uh, in terms of scoring. Um, I think on the I think on the, I, did, I did the 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 junkyard dog cast the twenty four seven when I said like forty two to thirty. <laughs> I was feeling a little bit differently yesterday. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the middle there. Going twenty four fourteen. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. kind of in the, in the middle there. Um, you know, I I, I think that LSU is going to be able to. To, to like you stay with this team for for a lot of the first half you know it, it might not look like it on on paper in terms of just what the stats look like but i do like the kind of game you look and you're like oh wow this is this is closer a game and a half and like there's there's there, there's hope you know i think there's going to be a, mm-hmm. a a chance here that oh, LSU can <laughs> not hope make, make can give themselves some hope heading into the second half and look i mean LSU's largely been a, a second half team all year uh, we didn't see that against AM, but they've been pretty consistent in making the right adjustments. And I thought they made the right adjustments against AM. Um, but just what really killed them there was the, the turnover and then uh, just losing your, your momentum and losing your head there a little bit in the third quarter and really just let that thing get out of control. But um, I think, you know, in this game, uh, if you can create an early turnover, um, I think LSU does that. I think they're, they find a way to create a little bit of craziness i think in the early part of this game uh maybe make it a little closer than people expect uh i think you know if they can put together one or two long drives um you know the end in some kind of points uh, i think that's a, a recipe for success but I, i'm with you i think you know georgia has just proven to be um they're they're the cream of the crop right now in terms of just uh dominance in college football uh, it really is pretty scary how similar they are to how Alabama has been built during their heyday. Uh, they've been built on defense. They've been built on just having superior athletes to the teams that they play. Um, and, and I think that carries out in this game. I think LSU has talent. They have the athletes to be able to keep up with Georgia. Um, but they just haven't been able to show it as consistently as they, as Georgia has. And so I do think Georgia ends up pulling away in the, you know, kind of range of 34-20, I think, is what I put in our predictions piece. Uh, I think LSU could put up some points. I mean, I think they have an opportunity here to 
to get back on the right track offensively. Um, but, you know, the, the health of Jaden Daniels is going to ride on that a lot. I think it's going to be, um, you know, how, how effective he is at, at extending drives and extending plays with his legs. Um, and if he's able to hit his receivers and be aggressive, like we've known him to be this year, uh, when in the big moments, he's, he's been pretty aggressive and pretty, uh, deliberate with his throws. And so, if LSU can get that out of him, um, then I think they, they put themselves in a better position than most people think. But uh, I do think LSU does fall in this championship game. Um, doesn't take away from this season, I don't think, much of, of it all. I mean, I think you're, you're still looking at this year as a smashing success um, at, at, you know, nine and four and just kind of the the trajectory of being a, a you know, a, a SEC West champion. But um, yeah, I think you're just you're just running into a team that probably is going to win the whole thing. I mean, if <laughs> if we had to take a guess right now, I would probably say that Georgia absolutely would 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 win the national championship. So, um, you know, I I think it's just going to be a really important game for LSU just to kind of see where they're at in terms of how they stack up against uh, a Georgia team that they're going to be recruiting against for a number of years. You know that the recruits are going to be watching this game this weekend to see how competitive LSU can be and. Then you kind of shift in the next the next couple of weeks where it's going to be, you know, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. You know, it's going to be a crazy next couple of weeks after this game. Um, we'll have it all covered for you guys here at Go Two Four Seven. We'll have a lot of updates. Uh, we'll be having a lot more Dylan, I think. You know, after kind of the school semester winds down, and uh, we'll get Sunny back on board. And I think you're, you're, you guys are going to like a lot of the stuff we got coming. So uh, with that, we'll catch you guys from Atlanta. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. 